Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Joe is out today, but we got a lot to get into. First hour, we're going to spend debunking the new fear-mongering about the Delta variant. I don't know if you saw this. Yesterday, pretty much all day, mainstream media is going crazy about the Delta variant, Delta variant, Delta variant. Um, They're trying to gin up a new lockdown, new mask mandates, new new reasons for people to be forced to hide in their home. We're going to spend the first hour debunking that, explaining what the Delta variant is, um, giving you the information you need to keep yourself and your family safe, um, however you see best, but uh, not diving into the fear-mongering that we're seeing from the mainstream media like CNN and MSNBC. Second hour, we're going to be talking about this new, insane Democrat talking point that Republicans are the ones who want to defund the police Yeah, that's actually their new talking point, that Republicans are defunding the police and Democrats actually want them to be fully funded. So we'll debunk that. That's easy. But we're going to talk about the crime wave. There was a crazy thing that happened in Oakland yesterday or the day before um, where an NBC affiliate reporter is interviewing um, a government official about rising crime rates in front of City Hall in broad daylight. And they get robbed at gunpoint (laughs) right after the Oakland city council voted to defund the police and we have the clip of the police chief being informed of that crime live on the air so we'll play that when we get into the second hour and also talk about what democrats are trying to do with the border defunding the border that is our facts blast for the day democrats want to defund border patrol defund ice completely defund the border wall yeah biden has stopped construction but the but dhs has actually agreed to start building a few more sections of wall to finish some of the sections because you can't just leave <laughs> like a 30 foot gap in a, in a section of border wall. Um, the Democrats, this, this compromise that they're striking with the rhinos would not only get rid of all border wall funded funding, it would cut almost a billion dollars from border patrol, make it illegal to hire any new border patrol agents. And it would cut ice detention beds from their 50,000 bed high during the Trump years when there was a huge surge down to just 28,000. That's the total number of illegal aliens that ICE would be allowed to detain at any given moment. So we are running a fax blast on that. I will go ahead and grab as we get into this, grab the um, the link if you want to participate. I, listen, I get it. Spending bills aren't the sexiest topics for fax blasts, but they probably are the most important. They sneak these things, these little amendments, these little provisions inside of these big spending bills, and then they count on you not knowing about them so they can push them through with Republican support and they get away with it because the public doesn't read these monstrous bills and actually care about what's in them. So every year around this time, because they come out now before uh, the big push later in the summer, every year around this time, we highlight the crazy things in the bill and then we, we encourage you to take action against them because as I said, both the left and the GOP establishment are counting on you not doing it. Republicans are counting on being able to get away with voting for a bill that defunds the border wall, that that defunds border patrol, that cuts ICE detention beds by 43% from their Trump level, Trump era highs. So that's the fact spots for today. I will go ahead and copy that into the comment sections as we get into the cuts when I have a second to do so. I don't want to waste any of your time. Uh, before we get into this big news today, someone just got released from prison. Go ahead, go to my screen, Mr. Producer. Hey, hey, hey. Bill Cosby is being released from prison after his conviction was vacated by the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court. Now, yeah, crazy, right? Pretty clear that he did this to women. Crazy that he's just being released. But the the key thing here is he was released on what seems like a technicality, but it's actually an important technicality. He had signed, let's scroll down to it so I can read. I don't want to get any... Thing wrong. Here we go. He had signed a written agreement with the previous Montgomery County prosecutor that they would not criminally prosecute Cosby in this case if he had testified if he agreed to testify during another civil lawsuit. Cosby lived up to that agreement. He testified. He did four days of depositions. But then a future prosecutor decided to ignore that agreement and prosecute him anyway. So 
is it kind of screwy that he's getting out of prison on a technicality when it's pretty clear that he most likely did those things? Yes, it is. But this is, a, unfortunately, this is what happens in a, in a society that actually has rule of law. You can't have a prosecutor make an agreement with someone not to prosecute them if they do X, Y, and Z, and then have a future prosecutor who gets elected or appointed just tear it up and, and go after them anyway. So yeah, hey, 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 Bill Cosby's back on the street. Hide your kids, hide your wife. And seriously, if, if you're in that area of Pennsylvania, it's probably best to yeah. not go to any house parties lately. What's up, Josh? Me. That one scares me. I mean, th- imagine all the victims who went through all of that deposition, yeah. all that time in court, reliving all of that, and then technicality out yeah. on what? 6.30, last month of June. So yeah. way to go, lawyers. Yeah. It, I mean, I feel bad for those people. They didn't want to testify. They didn't want to have all of their their past traumas, their dirty laundry laid out for the public. The prosecutor said, no, we're going to get them. We're going to get them. So these people all had to relive their traumas for nothing. So is there going to uh, be a civil case, you think? I mean, I got to imagine, I imagine they're going to sue. I got to imagine yeah. there's going to be one. But ooh, If he's got okay. anything left, they'll sue him. If, if he has anything yeah. left, they absolutely will yeah. sue them. So, yeah, if you're in Pennsylvania at all today or any of the surrounding states, uh, best advice I can give you is avoid creepy house parties for the near future and wherever he ends up on a permanent basis. Definitely don't go any, to any house parties there and uh, bring your own water bottle. So let, let's dive into this Delta variant stuff. This all started yesterday. Oh, by the way, hit the share button. Today's one of those ones that's really one of these podcasts that are really important. Um they're, they're ge- mainstream media, big tech, they're gearing up for new lockdowns, gearing up for new erosions of your rights and liberties. They're, they're preparing for it. This is happening right now in front of us. So they're trying to spread this lie that you all need to hide inside because of the Delta variant. We're going to do our best to debunk that, explain what it is. So hit the share button if you haven't already. Um, on DLive, you can copy and paste our link and share it to any of your social platforms that you use. So please do hit the share button. This is an important one. So this all started yesterday with this video being put out by Anthony Fauci. Yes, Anthony Fauci put out this video warning everyone that the Delta variant is coming. So let's go ahead and play a little bit of this. This is cut number one. Greetings, everyone. My name is Dr. Tony Fauci, and I'm the director Uh, of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the National Institutes of Health. And I'm here to talk to you today about the Delta variant that causes COVID-19. What is the Delta variant? Well, the Delta variant compared to, for example, the original virus that had been circulating very early on last year, the comparison is that it is transmitted much more efficiently, which means the chances of getting infected upon exposure is greater to the dominant variant that we have now in the United States. Let's cut it. Let's cut it. Okay, so not going to play the whole thing. Um, it, you're right, W. Sheridan. It does look like he's in the middle of a hostage video. If you notice his arm, it's gripping that table like this. You can almost see the veins popping in his arm. Um, what is the Delta variant? If you haven't been paying attention, it could probably feel like this just came out of nowhere. Well, it hasn't. The Delta variant is the India strain. They changed the name. <laughs> they just changed the name. A couple of weeks ago, WHO decided that they didn't want to name <laughs> coronavirus strains after where they came from. So they started assigning them letters from the Greek alphabet. So this is the Delta strain, D for Delta, um, which is which is crazy, right? When when the coronavirus first came out, it was the Wuhan virus, the Wuhan coronavirus, because it was in Wuhan, China. Then it became the China virus, and everyone was talking about it using that term, the Chinese coronavirus, Wuhan coronavirus. It was only when Donald Trump use the same term, that all of a sudden it became racist. It became racist. And the most ridiculous part of that whole narrative was that the media and the left actually succeeded in painting the picture that Donald Trump, who remind you, they claim is a white supremacist, was responsible for the increase in hate crimes committed by African Americans against Asian Americans. Yes, it's more likely than not that the Asian American hate crimes that we heard all during Asian Heritage Month more likely than not, they were actually committed by African-Americans, which doesn't make sense. Donald Trump doesn't speak for the African-American community. Remember, they say he's the white supremacist president. So it's always been a very weak argument to claim that Donald Trump was ginning up anti-Asian violence within the black community. Um, but at that point, it became racist, xenophobic to call it the Chinese virus, to call it the Wuhan coronavirus. So it just became COVID-19. 
But then you saw when a new mutation happened in the UK, in the United Kingdom, it became the UK strain. When a new variation uh, arose in India, it became the Indian strain. So it was racist when Trump said it, but it's not racist to call the different variants based on where they're from. And this is historically how humans have named viruses, diseases, like Lyme's disease, for example, is named after a town in New England, I believe it's in Connecticut, where it was first discovered, West Nile virus. The Nile, right? Zika is named after a geographic reason, e region. Ebola is named after a geographic region. It is very common for scientists to name viruses where they first are found. But now it's, it's racist. So it's the Delta variant. The Indian strain is the Delta variant. Just want to make sure. Don't want to confuse anyone. It's, it's one and the same. So this didn't just pop out of, out of thin air. They've been talking about this. They just decided overnight to change the name. Well, Anthony Fauci apparently isn't in lockstep with the Biden administration. As we've covered, the Biden administration claims that the biggest threat to the United States is actually white extremism, white supremacy, white terrorism, white conservatives. That's the biggest risk. Um, Fauci didn't get that memo because he says the Delta variant is poses the biggest threat to the United States and the biggest threat to getting this, vi this virus under control. Let's play this. This is cut two. We are not done until we completely crush this outbreak. We seem, as was the case with B117, we seem to be following the pattern with the Delta variant, with a doubling time of about two weeks. If you look from the May 8th with 1.2 to 2.7 to 9.9, and as of a couple of days ago, 20.6% of the isolates are Delta. Similar to the situation in the UK, the Delta variant is currently the greatest threat in the US to our attempt to eliminate COVID-19. Good news, our vaccines biggest are threat. effective against the Delta variant. Conclusion, we have the tools, so let's use them and crush the outbreak. Oh, I'll hand it now it. over to Dr. <laughs> so um, full disclosure, Right. Pfizer and AstraZeneca both say that their vaccines are 92 and 96 percent effective. I don't remember which one's which. Uh, Moderna came out with a with a release today, says their vaccine is effective against the Delta variant. Um, I think J&J &J says people are probably going to need a booster. Um, that's the if, if the other vaccines are like the JCPenney Macy's, then like Johnson Johnson's like the Big Lots version, uh, the, the Marshalls or TJ Maxx version. Um there, you're going to need a booster. I say that not because I want to try and convince anyone to get a shot. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, I say that because the, the fear mongering doesn't match up with the science. You can't be out there saying that the vaccines are effective and then look at how many Americans have been vaccinated, how many Americans have natural antibodies from contracting COVID-19 already. Um, you can't say that the antibodies protect you from the variant and then also say that the sky is falling. Right. So they're having a hard time squaring that circle. I don't think they feel they need to. I think I think they truly believe they can just say whatever they want to say and get away with it. Um, but not on our show. We're not going to let them do that. We're going to try and make sure that we tell you the truth and lay it all out for you so you know what to do and how to best care for your family. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about this Delta variant. What is it? As I said, it came from India. It's, it's the Indian strain previously uh, described as the Indian strain. Go ahead. Put up image number two. So all this fear mongering that we just saw in the last 24 hours, when they're like, cases are rising, cases are rising. I want to show you this graph. This is a graph of new confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the United States. This fear mongering that you've just witnessed over the past 24 hours is because of this tiny little bump up. You see that tiny little bump up, tiny little bump up, not even a, an increase of one per hundred thousand. It, it's minuscule, but that is what they are using to scare you into accepting new lockdowns. That's what they're using. They, they don't have a graph to show you yet. They're just saying, oh, it's rising because they're not going to show you that graph, right? No one in their right mind who wants you to, to cower in fear inside your home will show you that graph. They just won't do it. Like it, it would be, it would, it would not help their case in any way, shape or form. The point though is that Yes, the Delta variant has arrived. It is here. 
I believe something like 20% of the COVID cases now are that strain. Well, what does that mean? If, if you if you read the actual literature, what they're what they're coming out with, what they're warning people about, nowhere in the literature do they make a claim that they have proof the Delta variant is more deadly than the previous versions of COVID-19. They do say that it is more transmissible, that it's more infectious. And I, I want to be very careful when I tell you because there's always exceptions to the rule. But generally, and, and take this with a grain of salt because there's always going to be an exception. There's always going to be a mutation that violates this basic concept. But generally, when a virus mutates naturally, I'll, I'll add that caveat, naturally, generally when a virus mutates naturally, it either becomes more infectious or it becomes more deadly. It is very is relatively rare for a virus to naturally mutate and become more infectious and more deadly at the same time. The reason being that just like just like us, right, we we adapt to our surround our surroundings. A virus is is not all that different. It adapts to its surroundings. So if it, if it realizes that more people have the antibodies and it's being becoming harder to spread, the virus will try and make itself easier to spread, right? But you can't become easier to spread if you're killing people faster. Does that, does that make sense? In order for a virus to spread very, very quickly, it needs to be relatively not that deadly because dead people tend to not spread the virus. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. Ebola is a key example where a dead body can still infect other people and you have to take a lot of precautions when you're handling dead bodies, people who've died from Ebola. COVID-19 isn't that isn't as contagious with a dead body. So there are exceptions, right? There are exceptions to this rule. But generally, when a virus wants to survive and it, and it starts going down the path of becoming more infectious, more contagious, generally, that does not result in a deadlier strain. Because if a virus becomes deadlier, it doesn't spread faster, right? The, the fastest spreading viruses are the ones that don't kill you because no one goes to the hospital. No one ends up quarantining, right? You just have a sniffle, you have a cough, it spreads easily, which can tell you a lot about COVID-19. Um, so you, you'll notice in the literature, they don't actually say that it's it's more deadly. They don't say it. They have said that that people can still be hospitalized for it, but they do not have the data. Otherwise, they'd be saying it. If, if they could prove that the Delta variant, the Indian strain was more deadly, than the previous versions, they'd be screaming that from the rooftops, right? That that's not something they they'd bury below the the headlines. So I, I tell you this not to try and and set the science as as Fauci says the science is always evolving, and I'm not a scientist. I'm just telling telling you I've spent a, a few hours researching for this segment. What I found is that generally viruses do not become more infectious and more deadly at the same time because becoming more deadly hampers its ability to infect more people faster. Um, so we do know that the Delta variant apparently is more contagious. It's more infectious. Uh, it's easier for people to spread it because naturally the virus is trying to get around all the antibodies, whether they be naturally made from people getting over the virus previously or va vaccine from vaccines. The virus is trying to get around that and spread faster because there's less, there's fewer potential hosts for it to jump to. So it has to do a better job with the jumping. Now that might be very scary. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to fear monger, but if you happen to have someone who is elderly in your family, who has not had COVID-19, has not gotten the vaccine, has zero antibodies, I'm not going to tell you to change your lifestyle. But at a time when it is, we now have this strain that is proven to spread easily, it, again, take the precautions you need to take if you have someone who is at risk in your house. That's what we should have done as a country from the very beginning. People who had were at risk, people who had elderly family members who had immunodeficiencies, right? They should have been the ones who isolated and we should have all gone about our lives. Um, but that's just good. That's just good advice for any kind of disease. If you have someone in your family, in your life that is particularly prone to complications from any kind of disease, just take the proper precautions. No, I don't want to force you to do anything, but just use common sense, right? If, if you have grandpa, don't cough on him, right? Don't sneeze on him. Just generally good advice all around. But with this, it, it, it's interesting because the data, like they, they can't, they, they're not saying that it is more deadly than the previous one. They say we don't have the data yet. It's interesting. There is a study out of uh, England. I believe this is England. Let's go ahead and put up um, image three. 
image three. Here's image three. Um, this is a study, I believe I have England, showing uh, the different variants and the case proportions and the deaths, the case fatality. So there you can see the alpha. That's the original version, 218,000 uh, cases. You had 4,259 deaths. Um, now, that is not total case fatality. That's that's in the, the sample size. This sample size saw that about 1.9% of the cases that they studied ended up with fatalities. With the Delta variant in the same kind of study, 31,132 cases, um, a, a total case number of 60,000 and 73 deaths. So that is represented by a 0.1% case fatality. So, so you look at, obviously, we've, we've presented on the show a lot in the past that the Alpha variant, the original, the OG, the OG coronavirus was was overblown in its true mortality predictions, right? They, they never really accounted for asymptomatic caseloads, except when it came to trying to scare you to stay inside. They'd say, oh, you're an asymptomatic super spreader, you got to hide inside, but they never would actually apply asymptomatic cases to their numbers. So they would only take the sickest of the sick. So we, as we've always presented the, the actual mortality rate for COVID-19 compared to other pandemics, other diseases, relatively low. Delta variant, according to this study, even lower. So just putting that out there so you can you can use your own uh, best judgment and not buy into the fear mongering from the left. Have I I've reminded you to hit the share button. This is this is an important episode. So if you haven't already hit that share button, um, Joe would say I'll wait, but I'm not going to wait. I'm going to keep going. But I will recommend that you hit the share button. I also will recommend that if you haven't already, check out our sponsors at We the People. Holsters, We the People holsters. I love this holster, by the way. I, I wear it every day. This is fantastic. I usually don't carry my 1911, but this is just so comfortable. Um, I, I can't help it. I, I carry it everywhere now. We the People holsters are 100% manufactured in the United States, and they start at just $40 for a custom-made holster designed and fitted to fit your exact firearm. You tell them what kind of firearm you have, whether it has a red dot, whether it has a flashlight, and they will send you a custom-molded holster. And if it, for whatever reason, it doesn't fit right, it's too tight, it's too loose, it snags, send it back, they'll send you a replacement the way pretty much every made in America company does nowadays. They're, they guarantee that it'll give you a quick, smooth draw, and there's thousands of different configurations to choose from. Like, again, what kind of firearm attachments, etc. They also have a selection of custom printed holsters like the one I have with the We the People and the American flag on it, including a line with Realtree camouflage. So if you're a hunter, it's for you. While you're there, make sure you check out their bacon jerky. Yeah, you heard correctly, bacon jerky. They have a complete line of patriotic t-shirts and also their new EDC tactical gun belt, all of which is 100% manufactured in the United States. So show your support for our show and this great American company by going to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD right now. And if you use promo code CD10, CD10, you'll get $10 off your order. So a holster starts at 40 bucks, use promo code CD10, bam, it's a $30 holster. I don't think you're going to see a deal this good come around, especially not with inflation, right? <laughs> with inflation, snag this while you can, a $30 holster, you can't beat it. So again, that's wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD, wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD, and use promo code CD10 to get $10 off your order. So <laughs> it, it's it's crazy that we even have to talk about this, but they're, they're doing their best to scare you into staying inside. Here's a cut from CNN warning that the masks are coming back, saying that the masks are going to start coming back. Let's play cut number three. Uh, the reason you're hearing about the masking coming back is basically still to try and slow down the spread of what is clearly a more transmissible variant, the Delta variant. This is 60% more transmissible than the UK variant was, which was 50% more transmissible than the strain before that. So you get the idea here. I mean, it's it's sort of this uh, this notion that the virus is still spreading. Let's see if we can do everything we can to really contain it now at, at this phase. So the masks are coming back. Here is an op-ed. Let's, let's jump ahead, Mr. Producer, to image number seven. This is from the LA Times. This is a column. And this is uh, just to show you how they're going for it. The column, the title is, Put Your Masks Back On and Don't Whine About It. So they said if you have COVID-19, you have the antibodies, if you get vaccinated, this is the ticket back to your everyday life. Here they have a, a strain of the virus that is more contagious, but they have not been able to prove it's more deadly. And the studies I've seen do not suggest it to be significantly more deadly. They say that the vaccines protect you against it. They say that natural antibodies do protect you some against it. 
but they want you to put your mask back on. They want you to put your mask back on. And don't you dare whine about it, whiner. Listen, we, I, I, we predicted this from the very beginning. Once you give these people a small taste of power, it's it's no i'm not criticizing them it's not like they're any different it's the old saying that absolute power does corrupt absolutely you cannot give someone the ability to shut down the american economy and force everyone to hide inside and not have that power corrupt them right i mean there's some good ones there's some good health officials out there who didn't let it corrupt them but anthony fauci look at anthony fauci anthony fauci's been on magazine covers posing by a pool you think he doesn't like the the publicity he's the highest paid federal employee in the entire U.S. government. Yes, that, that is correct. Anthony Fauci makes more money than any other federal employee. You really think he's going to give up the limelight? Of course he's not going to do it. But they want you to put on your mask and to stop complaining about it. Well, in other countries, they're locking down. This is what's happening in Australia. They're going into a hard lockdown. Let's play cut number four. Sydney, Australia is entering a hard COVID lockdown to control a sudden spike in cases. Even though Australia itself has fared better than most other advanced countries in containing the pandemic. Authorities say the city and surrounding areas have about 80 confirmed cases of the Delta variant of the virus and it's spreading 80, rapidly. 80, The country oh also remains largely unvaccinated. Parts of Sydney, Australia's biggest city, were already under lockdown due to the outbreak. Gladys Berejiklian is the Premier of New South Wales. If we're going to do this, we need to do it properly. Uh, there's no point doing a three-day lockdown and then having the virus continue to bubble away in the community. Under the rules so in place through July 9th, <laughs> people can leave home only for essential work, medical care, education or shopping like groceries. The government says 28% of people aged 16 or older have received their first COVID-19 vaccine shot. <laughs> so I, I, I've been tr trying to figure out um, how to how to bring this up because this is a story that I didn't know how we were going to bring it up on the podcast, but it's just too crazy not to bring up. This is one of the latest stories from Australia. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. The headline, Australia lockdown, nude sunbathers fined for breaching Sydney COVID rules. So they were out sunbathing on the beach, but that's not how they got caught. The official story is that nude sunbathers got spooked by a deer. A deer made them run for cover. They ran into the bush, into the woods. That's what they call like the forest. They ran into the bush and got lost. Police had to search for them. And when they found the naked people in the woods, they said to the police, oh, well, we got scared by a deer and we ran into the woods and got lost. They each got fined, over, I think, over $700 for, uh, for violating the COVID rules. If, if, you got, if, if you ever are caught just with someone naked in the woods, the weirdest excuse I could think of is that a deer scared you on the beach, so you ran into the woods. Now, you think you'd run into the water. None of this makes sense, but that's the story. That's their story, and they are sticking to it. But they're getting fined because the act of being naked in the bush, and that's not a euphemism. Don't chuckle. The act of being naked in the Australian bush is a violation of their hard lockdown. So they're each getting fined. Funny how that works. Hey Max, have you have you Funny. seen pictures of the yeah. actual deer in Australia? I sent you a link, but I'd run too. No, I mean I'd run let me too. Look, let I mean me look nothing it up. in Australia is ever like normal everything right? australia has evolved to kill human beings yeah and i think even so i don't deer doubt it because some of their antlers it's like whoa i'd run from that thing too I mean, all right so small, it looks like yeah, it looks like a little bit like a, a uh, like an elk kind of so, at least some of them go ahead put up my screen there's I mean, one would, would i mean you that, that, that looks a little i would i would run from no, that especially i would a, a bull I, and I wouldn't <laughs> run i would not run naked into the woods no if you're afraid of the deer you don't run to where the deer are i'd run into the water it, that thing's not going to chase you into salt water. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Right? But we also, I mean, it also could just as easily have been this. I know. Which, it's another kind of cute. Australian deer. <laughs> I'm waiting for fangs to come out of that one and have some sort of poison gland that kills me. You know yeah. what I mean? It's Australia. Yeah. You know, there's got to be. Yeah. Even, like even the deer, even the deer have evolved to kill human beings in Australia. That is, uh, I love that. 
I, I don't love it. It's not, that's not cool, but it is very Australia. Um, yeah. Lawman says deer can swim. Yes, deer can swim. But I, I, I would count on me being able to outrun, outswim a deer in the ocean than I would running naked through the Australian bush with no shoes on trying to escape a rabid deer. And that nothing in the story works out. But the point is, they're in a hard lockdown in Australia. Not to get too much into the, the, the talk of deer, um, though it is making me a little hungry. They're in a hard lockdown where they're arresting people for sunbathing and then getting lost in the woods. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, JMC says they swim 10 times faster than us. Have you ever clocked them in the surf? Everyone's like, oh, I know all about the deer swimming. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, uh, show me a study where a, someone with a stopwatch checked how fast a deer could swim and chase someone into the water when the waves are coming at them. I, I highly doubt that a deer would be able to catch me in the surf. <laughs> but I appreciate I appreciate the on-the-fly fact checks. Uh, <laughs> I, I, do, I do appreciate it. Um, the point is there's a hard lockdown in Australia. They're also in Australia banning doctors from from prescribing hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin so much so that if you are a doctor in australia and you prescribe either of those drugs which i will say are have there have been some studies to support the concept of giving those giving those drugs to covid positive patients we, we saw that one report of the doctor who had the math plus uh, protocol that included both of those drugs at some point. Um, <laughs> people still talking about the odds of me escaping a deer in the Australian surf. Um, <laughs> the, the point being in Australia, if you are a doctor and you try to prescribe one of these medications, which have shown in some studies efficacy in helping treat COVID-19, you will be arrested and thrown in jail. That is not a joke. They passed a law in certain parts of Australia. Let's go ahead and play this. This is the ivermectin ban, cut number five. It's worldwide. Something is up. Listen to this. Queensland, Australia, you've probably been there. April, they put on the books as a law, as a law. If a doctor attempts to help a patient with COVID-19 with hydroxychloroquine, that doctor will be put in jail for six months. What? So, yes. In April, they put it on the books. Okay. Why? Something is up. If you look at the TGA, let's not let's not fry the U.S. agencies. Let's look at the TGA, the FDA equivalent in Australia. And Australia is interesting. They've been kind of spared of COVID-19. They've been in these draconian lockdowns. They have this huge susceptible population. They're all distributed. They've been in fear for 14 months. The TGA has some guidelines for COVID-19. It must have two dozen recommendations. Don't use hydroxychloroquine. Don't use ivermectin. Don't use steroids. Don't use anticoagulants. Don't use, it, they list everything you should not do. It's like, what should you do? Net answer, nothing. Wait, okay. So COVID-19 became known to the West in January of 2020. So that was one year and four months ago. Okay. So how could, with such a short period of time, the health regulators of Australia know to the point where they codified it in a regulation that hydroxychloroquine is not an effective therapy against COVID-19. Like, how could that be known? It couldn't be known, correct? It couldn't be known. And in fact, uh, there are pieces of the timeline that are suggesting that something is very wrong going on in the world. And whatever's going on, it is worldwide. It is not just U.S. Things are worse in Canada. There are anguishing doctors uh, and nurses in northern EU and in um, Scandinavia about euthanasia and, and having the seniors literally just be euthanized. There's some horrible things going okay, on. You're completely blowing my mind. I didn't expect this interview all at right, all. I saw. Um, so, yeah, if you prescribe ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine in certain parts of Australia, you will be thrown in jail. If, if not not because they have any evidence that it doesn't work, that they don't want it to work. They don't want it to work because there's plenty of studies that suggest both are helpful. There are. There are plenty of studies that try and, and say it's not, but there are studies that say it's helpful. One of the most recent was out on May 31st. Go ahead, put up my screen. I'm trying to figure out a way 
I, I hate the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail always has all these ads. Um, was Trump right about hydroxychloroquine all along? New study shows drug touted by former president increased COVID survival rates by 200%. That's a study. That's a real study. I'm, I'm not I'm not telling you to to do anything like you do whatever. Follow the WHO, follow the CDC. But there are studies that have been published in peer reviewed journals suggesting that hydroxychloroquine works. There are studies that say it doesn't work. I mean, that's science. It's the debate. The dea- the issue here. And as they mentioned in that interview, it's that in a lot of parts of our country and in Australia and other countries, they don't want that debate to happen. Like it's because Trump said hydroxychloroquine might work that they didn't want it to happen. Why did Trump say hydroxychloroquine might work? Well, the same reason that people were emailing Anthony Fauci saying that hydroxychloroquine might work because it showed efficacy in treating the SARS virus, which was another coronavirus back in the early 2000s. So when the researchers in China noticed that hydroxychloroquine was helpful in in preventing the viral load from spitting out of control and, and, and people getting put on a ventilator, when they, when they realized that was SARS, they said, hey, you know what? Maybe it works with this. It's another coronavirus. Maybe it should work. And there have been some studies that suggest it does work. Some that I, I would say their their methodology is, is pretty flawed, but they say it doesn't work. I mean, a lot of the studies that say it doesn't work either administered it in too low of a dose, didn't administer it with a, a, a Z-pack or, or zinc or any of that, or they, they administered it when it's too late, uh, too early or too late or not enough dosage. I mean, the ones that work are where it, these drugs have been prescribed in high, high dosage with other things involved with the Z-pack, with with zinc, with other, with steroids, right? Which, which aren't captured in the, in the the studies trying to say that hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the biggest lies that was ever told. That, that <laughs> not because it, it it's wrong. For all we know, hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Maybe one day the science will actually prove it out. But we're not being led by science. We're being led by partisans who didn't want Donald Trump to be right. They would much rather people die then take a chance on a drug that relatively is pretty safe. It's been on the market for decades. It's used prophylactically for a number of different treatments and conditions. I've taken it going abroad for malaria protection. Uh, I've had family members that have taken it. The idea that it's going to kill you is insane. And when you look at when you actually look at the numbers that they were presenting with hydroxychloroquine, when it was causing like heart uh, heart problems, like your heart would skip a beat, different problems with your heart. Notice now that they're finding that the vaccine can do, do that to young people just as much. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's even more dangerous, right? So wh- how where do we, where do they get off saying we can't try hydroxychloroquine because one or two studies suggest it might cause heart problems if, if it's not monitored, but then also say that we want kids to get vaccinated even though it, the vaccine because the CDC now says that they've they've seen enough evidence to suggest that vaccine. Uh, being administered to younger people can cause heart inflammation, right? I mean, wh- where's the outrage there? Where's the outrage claiming that, oh, well, no, if, if even one person has heart inflammation, we need to take it off the market? Because that's what they said about hydroxychloroquine. But they're not saying with the vaccine. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's almost like they're just making it up as they go along. It's almost like they have their ideal outcome and they're just going <laughs> to regulate to that outcome. Right. Every single medication, every single vaccine, no matter what you, you talk about, it's all about making sure that the benefits far, far, far outweigh the negatives. Right. Every drug has side effects. Every single drug. There's someone out there. If there's someone out there who will take a drug and it'll kill them and everyone else will be fine. Right. Everyone's body's different. Some people die if they drink too much water. Some people die if there's too much oxygen in, in the air they're breathing. Crazy stuff like the idea of dying from oxygen poisoning or, or water, uh, uh, water poisoning. Not normal stuff to think about, but there are people who are just built different. And it's the same with medication, same with vaccinations. It, it's true. The, the goal has always been to make sure that the benefit far, far, far out, outweighs any of the perceived risk. And I have yet to see evidence suggesting that the benefit of vaccinating children outweighs the risk of heart inflammation and, and the subsequent consequences. I've, I've seen the benefits of, of vaccinating the elderly population because the virus is more likely to kill elderly people than the vaccine would be, right? But, but to, to force a vaccine on children, when, when, when the evidence is suggesting that it, the younger you are, the more likely some, for some of these different complications... I'm not on board with that. And 
when they admit that there's complications and they admit that the complications are the same that they used to get hydroxychloroquine unapproved, I call BS on it. I call BS on it. We do have a caller. We have Lena on the line. I apologize if I mispronounced your name. She's on hydroxychloroquine long term and it's been helping her. So I figured we'd take her. Welcome to the call. Welcome to the show. Is your name Lena or Lana? Lana. Okay, awesome. So you're, you're on hydroxychloroquine? Yes, I am. I have, I've been on it for uh, going on three years now. Uh, the only thing I'm required to do for take, I, I take it for autoimmune. Um, mm-hmm. So the only thing I'm Lupus? required to do with that is to have an eye exam one time a year. So the side effects are little to none. It's like a 70-year-old drug. Yeah. Uh, but where my story goes is back in late November, uh, I ended up in the hospital. I was, like, really, really sick. They ended up finding out that I had Legionnaire's disease and, of course, Legionella pneumonia. So I was under a doctor's care for that for several months. Um, and in April, I got uh, COVID. So basically, you know, according to Fauci and all of his people, I should be dead. I was still being treated for pneumonia and I just like up my zinc intake, uh, took my yeah. two uh, hydroxychloroquine a day, just like I always did. Took a little more vitamin C than I normally did. And I basically had a bad cold. Yeah. Now, I, I know people who I are mean, diagnosed with, with lupus, and they've taken it for decades. And and right. I'm talking to them after after the media saying, it'll kill you if you take it. And I'm looking at them like, you've been on this for like 20 years. Has it killed you yet? And they're like, no, yeah. it hasn't. It's actually keeping me alive. Yeah. The notion that yeah, it's just exactly. going to kill I mean, everyone who takes it, it's just it was always absurd. Yeah, the the only thing that I have to do is get a yearly uh, eye exam. That's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. Um, crazy. But even I mean, even not, not, like, not crazy you know, that you have it. Just just get, go ahead, yeah. keep going. Sorry. Even when I talked, but when I talked to my pulmonologist, um, you know, after I had had COVID, because of course, you know, I was not in the hospital. I got diagnosed by one of the little tests you know, at the drive-in at the pharmacy. And uh, mm-hmm. so when I spoke to my rheumatologist, probably like a month or so after I'd had it, he was like, um, well, the hospital did not let me know that you had this. And I said, I didn't go to the hospital. <laughs> and he was like, you weren't in the hospital? And I'm like, no, I had a cold. <laughs> Just hang out. <laughs> so then, you know, then, of course, the next thing is, okay, well, you need to get your vaccine. And you can imagine what yeah. my answer to that was. <laughs> well, but, I mean, and that, that's the other thing where, like, if we had said a couple of months ago, you don't have to get a vaccine if you've already had the virus, we'd be labeled as conspiracy theories. But when the Mayo Clinic comes out and says that they've done a huge study with their staff and they found that staff who naturally contracted COVID-19 did not have any worse outcomes of later getting the virus than those who were vaccinated. Um, we're allowed to say that now, but it, it's just so weird how, how it's all being politicized. I'm, I'm glad that, that you were able to, to, to beat the disease because it, it sounds like you had a lot of things stacked against you with the autoimmune disease, yeah. um, with Legionnaires. Um, and yeah, that, that might be a case where, where the, uh, hydroxychloroquine might have uh, obviously didn't stop you from getting the virus, but it might have helped uh, helped your body fight it along the way and stop you from reaching a point where you would need advanced medical care. Uh, but that's the kind of the, the, that's the kind of success story we're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I've been blocked for, you know, in, in jail yeah. for a while because of, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> me oh, putting the story to say- out there, but not allowed to share your story. Well, I'm glad you were able to call in and tell your story here, and I'm glad you were able to to recover. and uh, And thank you so much for calling into the show, Lena. I really do appreciate it. No problem, Max. Thank y'all for what you do. Oh, thank you. Have a good one. So, all this talk of hospitals, hospitalization, um, 
I guess it's a segue to talk about our sponsor, Airmed Care Network. Airmed Care Network, the premier insurance plan that will cover you should you ever need to be airlifted by a helicopter to a hospital. It's not something a lot of people think about, but it's one of those expenses that can happen, especially if you spend a lot of time outdoors, if you have a, a mountain home or a lake home or some kind of some, some kind of vacation property that's off the beaten track, or if you just live in a rural area or even the suburbs, um, the odds of you having to be airlifted to a hospital are probably higher than you even think, especially if you happen to suffer a medical emergency when you're out in the middle of nowhere or during rush hour. It happens a lot in the suburbs during rush hour. Airmed Care Network exists to prevent you from having to pay those 50K plus medical bills. So starting at $85 will cover your entire household for one year. It's, it's less if you're a senior citizen, and it works out to be less per year if you sign up for three or five years at a time. But just to make it easy, $85 covers your entire household for one year should you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital. As long as you're flown by an AMCN provider, you won't pay one cent for the flight. This is this is truly insurance. It, it's rainy day fund. You hope you never use it, but if you need it, you're going to thank your lucky stars that you signed up because you won't be facing down tens of thousands of dollars in bills. So you're going to want to make sure you check them out. The link is in the description. It's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And, and as a special promotion with our show, if you use promo code daily when you sign up, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card depending on how many years you sign up for. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get that money back. So the other part of this is the ivermectin. They don't want you. Oh, well, let me show you this. This was pretty funny. She deleted this. Uh, Lauren Boebert, um, what, whatever the, uh, the, the cut, my computer just froze, uh, Mr. Producer. If you can pull up the Lauren Boebert cut. Speech? Um, you bet. No, 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 no. The image, the image. It would, it would, sorry, image. I apologize. The image for Lauren Boebert. Um, she put out a tweet. It should be like, yeah, there you go. This is a tweet that she put out and then deleted. <laughs> the easiest way to make the Delta variant go away is to turn off CNN and vote Republican. She sent that today at 7.30 a.m. Um, and it's been deleted. One of her staffers, one of her advisors advised her to delete it and she listened to them. Um, but pretty witty coming from Lauren Boebert. Um, so the other thing going on with is ivermectin. What is ivermectin? Ivermectin is a, a drug that, again, not as long as as, as hydroxychloroquine, but relative, relatively long considering when compared to other drugs. Ivermectin has been around as an antiviral, as a, I think it's antifungal. It, it basically does a lot of things, and it's relatively safe. Now, it's not safe for everyone. If you don't have it, take it under a doctor's care. It, it can be dangerous, though. It's one of those drugs where if you have a pet, you can get it from a, your vet, and you can administer it to your pet just on your own. Like it's one of those kinds of drugs. It's kind of like, like fish antibiotics. Yeah. You want to follow a, a doctor's prescription, but you're also allowed to just have the same drug and just give it to your pets. No questions asked. Well, India, remember the Delta strain was originally the Indian strain. India went heavy into ivermectin as, as an, an attempt to stop the spread of COVID-19 within their country. So go to the next cut, Mr. Producer, uh, image. I believe this is image five. Um, this is one way of looking at it, right? They started using ivermectin in India and the cases plummeted. Now, there's lots of reasons that the cases could have plummeted. There's lots of other variables, right? But, iver but focusing very heavily on ivermectin, they did not see an increase in cases. They saw a decrease in cases. It's one of those things you just tend to see. When, when when countries start trying these drugs, turns out there's not a whole lot of people being killed by the drugs and there's less people dying from the disease. So we, here we have two pills, which have had some studies supporting the fact that they might be um, efficacious in fighting COVID-19. Two antiviral pills. What do you think the United States government is doing? Having those two pills in its back pocket. What do you think? Do you think they're turning to those pills? No. Put up image number six. The United States is now investing in developing new antiviral pills. Breaking from the Associated Press, the U.S. is devoting more than $3 billion to advanced development of antiviral pills for COVID-19. The pills would be used to minimize symptoms after infection. So the U.S. government under Joe Biden admits that antiviral pills can help minimize symptoms after infection. But having two antiviral pills that have been shown to be efficacious, at least in some studies, no, we don't want that. 
We don't want the cheap generic pills that cost next to nothing to make. We don't want that. We want to develop something new because then we can spend a lot of money on it. Then we can give that money to the, the, the pharmaceutical companies. Then they can patent it, right? And then we can drive everyone towards a patented non-generic drug rather than one that already works. Um, it, listen, if it was just hydroxychloroquine, I'd say, okay, then they say it doesn't work. They're going to do another one. But when they are doing everything in their power to discredit two of the, um, two of the antivirals and then saying they need another antiviral and that they anticipate they'll do the same thing that the other thing, other two ones have been doing. Um, that's when I, that's when I call BS. I call BS on it. It's, it's pretty obvious what's going on here. So the key takeaways. The key, key takeaways for, for Delta variant, don't be an idiot. Be smart. Be Use common sense. If someone's in your house, if, if, they, uh, if they have autoimmune diseases or they are elderly, all the things that we've covered in depth on the show as being potentially at risk for COVID-19 or at risk for pretty much anything, even the flu, just use common sense. Exercise common sense if you if you know you're going to be around them or if you anticipate having to spend time around them for a long time. Because, yes, the Delta variant does spread more easily. They have not yet proven that it's more deadly because they probably won't. As I said, it is relatively uncommon for a disease to naturally mutate to become more infectious and more deadly because becoming more deadly is counterproductive for, for its whole design of, of spreading faster. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But I wanted to do this episode to provide you guys with the truth about this because the mainstream media is not going to give it to you. The mainstream media is going to tell you to, to hide under your desk. They're going to tell you to, to hide, just <laughs> lock down, accept your fate, lock down. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to hide in terror from this. You just have to exercise good common sense. So when we come back from the break, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about another lie that the media is pushing, given to them by the Democrats. The idea that Republicans have been the ones trying to defund the police all along. Yeah, that, that's actually the claim. It's actually being parroted, and we have the clips to prove it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 